Welcome to the Seven Mountains Influencer Show. We are your hosts. I am Vibeke. And I'm Peter. And we're here to inspire you in your God-given purpose and calling on the mountains of influence that you're called to impact and release the presence and light of God in you to this world. So we have J.R. Spear here. He's a combat veteran, fourth degree black belt in martial arts. He's a Christian, husband for more than 11 years, father of three children, and he's been an entrepreneur for more than 13 years, currently owns and operates the Creed Consulting. JR, welcome to the show. How are you doing Thank today? You. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for this opportunity, the platform to get on here and speak. Anytime I get the chance to get to talk and share some wisdom or value, I love it. So thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you here, man. Been long overdue for this. Yeah. But I'm really excited to, to just hear from you and be able to just impart just, just a mindset and encouragement to people here. You've now you've been doing this. This is not, you're not just jumping in here as a first timer, as an entrepreneur. Like you've been actually doing this for well over a decade. So you've had four successful businesses and you're currently running uh, marketing, consulting, and coaching. How, yeah. So how can you do that? Like, have you ever actually been just doing jobs or have you always just been basically like a business builder? Yeah. So that's a, that's really funny that you, that you say that because when I, when I got out of the military in 2007, so right out of high school um, in 2003, uh, when I graduated, went right into the military and then spent time in Iraq in 2006, 2007. And I can go through some of those stories afterwards. But I started my first business, which was a martial arts school. And uh, that that's kind of funny of why I did the martial arts school. I mean, uh, kind of going to my backstory from childhood, I start, I pretty much came out of my mother kicking. And we grew up in a family-owned business. My mom always owned a martial arts school, has been doing it since she was 10 years old, and then uh, started her business as an adult and did that pretty much her entire life. And I got four sisters. We grew up in the school. I mean, uh, you know, we, we go to a regular day school, then we come come home we go right to the martial arts school and we spent the, the our entire nights there every day six days a week and uh started teaching when i was 12 years old so me being in front of people and teaching and leading people is very a natural thing to me and i would be this 12 year old kid leading a whole room full of adults on uh self-defense awareness fitness whatever it may be and even when i went into high school i uh had the opportunity to be traveling to other schools in my area teaching peers about um, whether it's self-defense, date rape, or awareness, whatever it may be on that. So I always had a really good opportunity on doing it. I never really had a lot of stage fright. I uh, always knew, like, was prepared and just was really good in my craft and what I did and, and just knew how to communicate very well. So um, when I got out of the military, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, you know what? I, I, I knew I probably didn't want to just go to school full-time, but I did go to Bible college for um, a period. So Right when I got back from Iraq in 2007, that was July 10th when I got out, or we got back May 31st, 2010 or 2007. I got out July 10th and I went straight to Bible school right after that. But even while I was in Bible school, I was like, okay, what am I going to do to make some money? I, you know, I, I have no money. I had the my savings from my from being deployed, um, but I didn't really have any type of income coming in, so I had to figure that one out. And I uh, didn't want to be bumming the couch at my mom's at my mom's house very long. I had to get out of there as fast as I could. So I. Uh, the first thing that I thought about was like, okay, well, I don't want to go back and work for someone. I did it in the military and took orders from people and, and wanted to start my own thing. Well, the only thing I really knew was martial arts. I didn't know anything else, but I didn't know anything about business either. So I knew I wanted, I knew I was really great at martial arts, 
and knew nothing about business. But so I kind of leaned on my mom a little bit. It's like, okay, what worked for you? I knew she, my mom, my mother was always great at what she did, but she, I can't really say she was always the best at entrepreneurship. Um, so I, I try to take what, what she taught me with a grain of salt and did some of those and, and failed really quick because I wasn't able to make a living. I mean, here I am doing like $50 packages for a month. Well, that wasn't going to sustain, sustain me very much having a space paying for that teaching classes, paying for myself and a living. And then, you know, and whatever, all the other expenses that would come. So I learned really quick that I needed to hire a mentor. I, so I, I found a business coach very, you know, early on in my entrepreneurship and uh, started, you know, learning uh, things from him and, and two different, two main things that he taught me, it was how to build an irresistible offer, but also how to create one day events. And those two things, has definitely helped me tremendously when it came to the entrepreneurship and building the, all the businesses that I've had. But going back to your question, when you're saying, have I ever had like a regular job? Yeah, I did. Uh, but it wasn't like early on. It was more of like, I did a couple side jobs here and there and uh, you know, just kind of support me in the beginning and stuff like that. Uh, and then when I had my, my, I, I sold the martial arts school after a few years and then started my boot camp business where I was like, you know what? I don't want to teach kids anymore. I want to teach adults and I want to, you know, get more on the fitness side versus the martial arts and just really learn a lot. Cause even in my martial arts school, I had a full-time fitness training program within there as well and, and worked with adults and really found a passion for that. So I started, uh, you know, power fit bootcamp doing that. And after a few years, one of my clients, he was in sales selling warehousing equipment and found an opportunity saying, Hey, JR, if you're interested in doing this, there's an opportunity that I want to connect you with. Well, I was teaching every early morning. I was teaching in early afternoon. So I had a bunch of time in the daytime. I was doing pretty well, but I was like, you know, if I can learn, increase my skill level and what, I, what I'm doing and, uh, and stuff like that. So I took on that and I found a love for it. I love doing that B2B sales, really learned a whole different side when it came to business and marketing and sales and, and taught me a heck of a lot. So that was a, I did that for about seven years. So even while I was running my own businesses, I did a lot of sales things and, and truthfully, it wasn't until the point of even uh, middle of last year where I was able to walk away from it and do my coaching full time. And it took a lot, even though I had some successful businesses, I was doing very well, multiple six figures in every business that I ever did and uh, was, was doing extremely well with it. But there was still a lot of things that I wanted to learn and, and kind of get better at. And, it, and honestly, it's holding on to that security. So I know your audience is being faith-based and I hope you're open to me talking about it, but a lot of it was the fear of security and almost not putting my faith and trust in God. I was like, you know what? I want to be able to hold on to this as much as I can. And I believe that he can actually help me with this. And there was a point in my life or a point last year where it's like, you know what? I can do this when I'm making more money in one month than I am an entire year from the other job that I'm working full time. It's like, wow. Okay. You know, I can do it. And he ended up, I, I, I fully believe that it was all in his hands, but he pretty much took it away. I ended up getting fired from the job. Uh, that I was at and um, and I was with them for about three years and there was no reason for them to fire me. It was a sales job. I was doing, I was always meeting numbers, doing really well. And I was planning on quitting this, this coming January, but uh, you know, it, it came sooner and they found out about my coaching business and didn't like the fact that I was doing it and uh, just found, they found some ways to let me go. And I was, I found it more, it was a blessing than, than anything else. And uh, it was the way I saw it was like, okay, God's pretty much saying, hey, you know what, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it for you. And I'm going to make you trust in me. And that's what he did. And that's I've been having to do that ever since And I'll tell you, it was like the biggest weight off my shoulders. And just not putting my faith and my trust in him knowing that he's going to be the provider for what I'm doing. But when I did do that, it was like, you know, I, I, I didn't, 
when I lost that job, I wasn't mad at all. I had so much peace over me and it was just like, okay, whatever. And I continue on my job. Like it was normal and, and served my clients. And it was like, there was no skip in the beat. There was no change in my schedule. What I was doing, I just continued with what I was doing. And it was, it was just amazing how that transition all happened because he already orchestrated my path. He already knew where I was going and what I was doing. And it was just kind of uh, leaning on him, just trusting the process. And it was, it was amazing. So I loved it. So talking about a regular job, yeah. I, I worked in the a corporate B2B sales for about seven years. Oh, was it seven years? Maybe six years. I think it was six years I did that and a couple small jobs in the beginning. But other than that, yeah, I, uh, I haven't really, it was, I've been an entrepreneur ever since. I think there was one year gap where I walked away from entrepreneurship and, and I hated it. I was like, I need, <laughs> I, I hate working for other people. Like one of my commitments and one of my ethos and part of my daily creed is, uh, never to have another W2 employee job or be a W2 employee. And I, yeah. I never will. And I, I, you know, I, I just, I will work triple the amount of hours for myself than go back working for someone else. It's just, uh, you know, I, I think I have way more to offer than, than I can for someone else. Absolutely. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was awesome. And that's amazing story too, just how it shifted. And it was like really unexpected. Like you were doing great at your work and sales and everything that they wanted you to do, but it was really, it, it sounds like it was the Lord that really orchestrated it ultimately, right? Yeah, Maybe so in the moment it seems strange, but it, you, you were already going a direction. It wasn't like you were just kind of bebopping around like, oh, this is kind of okay, but maybe there's something better out there. You actually had vision. You're already doing yeah. something. You're already going for a certain direction, but it was like, God knew. He's like, yeah, my, my son, he's ready. Let's go ahead. He's ready to move on. We're going we're gonna to push him out of the nest. You know, the crazy thing is that people from the outside looking in and let's just say they just met me for the first time, they would think I was an overnight success. And it, it can look like that. But I can tell you, I went through a lot of hell to get to where I'm at today. I went through a lot of ups and downs uh, where I've been in $100,000 in debt. I've been where working three or four jobs at one time, driving Uber and everything to support my family and, and take care of all that and, and been in fear of like, how am I going to be able to feed my family? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do whatever it may be? So I've had everything you can imagine. But I can tell you, I would not be where I'm at today if I didn't go through any of that pain and struggle that I had to go through. When I was 22 years old, starting my first business, I thought I knew everything. Oh, wait, I know how to sell. I know how to get new clients. I know how to serve them. I know how to do this. And everything was going good. And if I lost a client, it tear, it like crushed me. If I would, if something would happen to my business, like let's just say one week, I lost five clients for whatever reason, it would crush me. And I would be like, oh my gosh, what the heck am I going to do? But now if I lost a client, it's like, you know what? I've been here before. I recognize the emotion that went through. I recognize the pain that I went through and I overcome it once. I know the steps what it's going to take to get there. And that's what the biggest difference when it comes to growing as an entrepreneur is you have to go through some different trials and tribulations to be able to get through where you're at. And it's a matter of the fact of understanding what that pain feels like and how to orchestrate and get through that pain to get there. So if everything became easy, why would we have faith of knowing where, of, to get where do we want to go? Well, if, if, if life as a Christian was easy, why would we need to depend on God and what he wants to do or has in store for us? I mean, we, you have to go do, through different trials and different times of your life to be able to get you to where you're going and to be able to get you where you're at. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want people to think it's like, oh, man, yeah, JR's got it all figured out. And he, he had overnight success and all these other things. That's so far from the truth. And I still have pain that I go through today. But the difference is I know how to work through it. 
I have that emotional discipline, the physical discipline to be able to push through it. I know how to talk my way through it. I know how to find uh, people for help. I, I just, I know who to lean on when it comes to it. And, you know, it just, it's a, it's a completely different maturity level as an entrepreneur than it was even just a couple of years ago. So, but you got to go through those different trials to be able to get through where, where you're going. I love how you just share about trusting God and, and his leading and that he really helps. He guides the way, right? He helps um, directs our steps as, as the word says, but there is something about there, there's a partnership, right? Like it's, yeah. it's um, becoming that, that worker so that you become, you stand before Kings as Proverbs says, like you'll not just be a common man, but you'll stand before Kings. If you find yourself excellent in your work. Yeah. So there was, there is a partnership that I see for sure that it's just, it's not just like you've got like some word, some prophetic word, or you just had this dream and thing from the, from God, but there, it is like, there is actually a path of walking that out. And, and for you, it seems like, like you said, you grew up, you were doing a lot of things with, with martial arts and there was the different things that were being developed in you already as a very young person that you were maintaining, I guess for you, how do you think that's affected you just to where you are now being a successful entrepreneur and how you've actually walked that walk through different things with, with between the martial arts, you know, there's, there's like the warrior mindset that you developed there. But then of course, in the military, you're, you're a Marine, you're in combat and how that works, works out and develops you for later in life. Yeah. First off, I was not a Marine. I was, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. I, I don't, I want to give the credit where it's due. I was, I was a sailor, but attached to the Marine Corps. So I just okay. want to make sure that I'm not, uh, put, if I didn't want another Marine to be like, Oh wait, he wasn't a Marine. So, but anyways, yeah. So from a young life, you know, just the, the leadership and the character development of, of the, of where I was going. And I never saw it from when I was younger. And, and that's the crazy thing about life is the things that we're going through now, it sucks and it hurts and it's not easy, but we don't know the things that we're going through. That's actually creating us and developing us for what's to come. And a lot of times we can't see what's beyond that next page in the book to be able to know where it's going, but we just need to trust in God and, and where, where we're at now. So a lot of things that I went through and learning how to teach, staying in front of a crowd, leading a crowd, going through a lot of pain and, and orchestrating it through and, and not, not uh, reacting off emotion, but being proactive and understanding, you know, if this happens, this is how I'm going to react. But the military taught me that tremendously. And I'll, I'll go through a couple of stories in my experience and how I related that warrior mindset and what I did in the military that translates to where what I do today in my business. And it would definitely serve your audience well. So if they got a pen and piece of paper and they're listening to this, they're going to want to grab it right now and take these notes because this is going to be hugely beneficial to them to help them overcome any type of obstacles that they're going to come through. And I call these ambushes. And I'll tell you the reason why it's called an ambush. So uh, for me in the military, you know, we, we all know that when you first go in the military, you go to boot camp. And what is boot camp's main goal is to help break you down so that way they can help condition you to be the person that they want you to be. They're conditioning you to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to do things the way that they want you to be. So that way, when you are in a combat situation, you don't have time to quit to ask questions or, or anything else. You have the time to react according to the response that you're in. And that's a no difference than what you need to do in your business. You got to condition yourself, build that muscle memory so that when things start coming your way and you get ambushed, you know how to react and respond. So before you go on deployment, you have so many different workups, everything from the day that you can walk to foot, put your feet on those yellow footprints and boot camp, you get off that bus, you start your training right there. Then you go through your, 
your pre-workout uh, work workups and training before your deployment and leave everything that you do, even going into combat. So that way, when you get there, you're not having any type of culture shock and nothing's a surprise that something bad would happen. You know how to react when your, your gun doesn't back or shoot and you have a little bit backfire. So there's every little scenario that you start thinking about that could happen in combat you have already trained for. I don't know if you saw a post that I posted, uh, I think it was last night on my Facebook page, talking about even just helicopter training. So I, I don't know if your experience or your audience on when it comes to helicopter training, but I had a lot of times where I was in a helicopter and I would be, we'd be flying, or we, we, we took the ships over to Iraq. So we didn't fly over there. We took Navy ships and we flew over there. But for my job, I was actually security for the chaplain and they called me an, uh, an RP. So I was um, the reason why you, they have an RP for a chaplain, which a chaplain is the, pretty much a minister, someone that provides the spiritual growth for and, and does the services and things like that. But um, anyways, they're non-combatant, so they have an RP that provides a security for them. So anywhere the chaplain goes, the RP is alongside with them. But while we're on our way to Iraq, we, uh, we were on the ships and we had a bunch, a huge fleet of ships that would go, but I would be flying with the chaplain with a, in a helicopter from ship to ship in the middle of the sea to go see other Marines that are being on the other ships. And part of the training, if a ship or not a ship, if a helicopter would, would land in the ground for whatever reason, uh, and it hits the water, the first thing that will happen, it ends up flipping upside down and everything's disoriented. You don't know what's going to happen, but we have to train for that. So when a helicopter comes upside down, everything's backwards. You have to know exactly how to get out of that helicopter and do so safely with all your equipment and stuff like that. So we go through training on how to actually go, like being in simulators that's in a big pool where you're doing it over and over again, where it's like, okay, you're in the simulator, you're strapped down, it flips upside down. How are you going to get out of this helicopter alive and without drowning? And so it's different scenarios that you go through similar to that or being on the rifle ranges or uh, going through patrols of, you know, simulated cities that we created in the middle of the desert uh, with different actors and things like that. Everything that you do is to help prep you and make you stronger. So that way, you, when you are in a crisis situation, or when you do get ambushed in a combat situation, that you you react uh, appropriately with, and respond because of the muscle memory and the training that you've done, rather than stopping and thinking. So you always, I always say you, you react, just do, don't think. So don't think, just do type thing. And I always tell people that. So we go through all this different train before we before we get boots on the ground in, in Iraq. And the first several months of getting there, we saw absolutely nothing. We I got there September 13, 2006, in, in Iraq. We landed our ships in Kuwait and uh, took for, uh, you know from Kuwait we took a, a flight over to Iraq and, and Camp Assad, and then a convoy out to our fobs of where we're going to go. So, but the first several months from September and, and gosh, even until probably January, we didn't really see anything. Nothing was ever happening. There was no combat. It was just kind of going through the daily motions and the grind. Um, but one incident that still affects me today, that affects me like physically where my body is still broken. I have limited rotation with my, my right arm. It really hurts every single day, just lifting my arm up, driving everything that I do, just mentally the demons I had to fight through. But one day on February 7, 2007, I was actually blown up by a suicide bomber at a walking checkpoint in Barwana, Iraq. So we were there um, providing security, but also checking everyone that walked in and out of the city. A guy was coming through the city and was strapped with C4. As he got up close to us, lifted his vest up and uh, was strapped with C4 and ended up killing three of our own, injuring a ton of other people and, uh, you know, and killing a lot of other locals. And we didn't know it was a suicide bombing until later on. We thought it was mortars that were coming through the checkpoint. But it was that one incident that really changed the trajectory of my life and, and where I'm at today. 
because for whatever reason, I was the one of the closest people that was standing to that that blast from that entrance of where he's at. I was closest to him. I saw the chat. I was thrown. I was probably left unconscious for a second. I had complete tunnel vision. Left uh, my right side, of my had numbness in my right side of my head. I couldn't hear anything ringing in my ear for about. Uh, gosh, it was probably a couple months. I still get ringing in my right side of my ear. I still have a hard time hearing, even like right now as I speak, like my right side, it sounds like a robot type thing. So I get like an echo of everything that I say in my right side of my ear whenever I talk and struggle with those those issues and and just the pain and and the the mental capacity and stuff that I went through uh, for that. So I was blown. My chaplain was thrown on the ground and we had like a, a, a shelter type thing. You can call it like an overwatch that I ended up, I saw that was right by us. And I saw some senior personnel calling out to me. And so I grabbed the chaplain on the ground. I dragged him about 25 yards to get under shelter to protect us. Cause like I said, we didn't know if it was mortars coming in or if it was a blast or what it was happening, but I dragged him on the ground, could barely move. Once I got him safe, then I went and with the other Marines support and supported them where I can. And uh, one particular person was our interpreter, Jimmy, who I actually was really close to. And he was, uh, he, he was a, a local Muslim um, and out of Haklania. And he, he was our interpreter for our CO and Sergeant Major. And I was staying over him as he took his last breath. I was trying to revive him, hold him while the corpsman and another Marine were trying to keep him alive. And, and as I'm looking into him, I watched his eyes roll the back of his head and just became soulless and just uh, took, watched him take his last breath. I mean, you know, I, I end up was part of the cleanup crew of picking up the body parts, you know, of seeing people's arms and their legs and torsos. It was the biggest bloodbath you can ever imagine. And even picking up the guy's head that killed himself, you know, I, you know, picked that up and having to carry it around and, and clean it up. And then, and then helicopters flying in and us patrolling the city, make sure that everyone is dangerous. And it was it, like this entire incident on, the, on February 7th could be put into a movie. And it, it is just the most horrific day that you could ever imagine. So I wanted to paint that picture for you because uh, and put you in the mindset where it's at. But the biggest thing that I wanted to take away and what, what you can take this situation and relate to your business is how we reacted. There's no greater business out there, and I'm a firm believer of this, than the United States Marine Corps or the U.S. military. The reason why is because there's a system for every system. Every person knows their place of what needs to do, and, and no matter what it is. I can, you can be a PFC that just gets stationed in, uh, in South Carolina, that gets transferred out to Okinawa, Japan, that gets transferred out to wherever else out in the world, and you're going to know exactly what your job is, what you have to do whenever you get there. There may be some different, different things that change depending on the command that you're at, but overall, you know your job. You know your place. You know how to react no matter where you're at. When we were in the situation, when we got ambushed and we got blown up by the suicide bomber, every single person reacted and did their job to the, what they were supposed to be doing. You had the, the corpsmen that reacted the way they're doing. You had all the other riflemen that went out and patrolled the city to make sure that there was no other, no other danger coming our way. You had the people that stood overwatched to make sure that there was no other danger that came away. You had me and the chaplain that wouldn't provide the moral support and support to the other corpsmen and, and the Marines that were there and helped in, in that sense. So everyone knew their place on how to react on you know when this all took so even though it was an ambush and it was a surprise everyone knew their job everyone knew how to react it wasn't a surprise it was a surprise by the ambush but everyone knew their place and what they had to do to make things happen so yes did we lose lives yeah did we get a lot of people hurt yeah things happen but same thing in life same thing in business you're going to get ambushed it's not a matter of if it's when you're going to get ambushed you're going to get ambushed sometime in your life and you have to know how to respond to it 
when that happens. In your business, you're going to get ambushed. You're going to have people that want to quit. You're going to have employees that want to quit. You're going to have a death in the family. You're going to get in a car accident or have some type of injury. You're going to have time where you have to get off work and uh, and you're going to be terrified and be like, oh man, if I'm able to walk away and leave, is my business able to sustain? Or is it going to fumble because you're not there? There's going to be different ambushes in your life and in your business. And it's your job to make sure that you're ready and responsive for it. So I'm going to give you an acronym that really helped us for this day to be able to prepare for it. And it's called ICE. And it's an acronym that I created that stands for, I stands for identifying your threats. C is creating your plan. And E is executing the mission. Before we went on deployment, before we got ambushed at the, on February 7, 2007 in Barwana, Iraq, we first had to identify all the potential threats that could come our way and be, re and be ready and responsive if that would happen to us. So we had to make sure that we knew how to patrol the city. We, we are patrol. We had to know how to shoot our weapons. We know, had to know how to react when something bad would happen. So if, if plan A happened or this, we get ambushed here, we're going to react this way. If something else happened, we're going to react this way. Every single scenario we try to think about and really think ahead before we actually hit there. So that way we react and respond appropriately without having to think. And it's building that muscle memory. There's a ton of training that gets involved before we get boots on the ground in combat. A ton of training that gets involved before so that everyone knows their place and what they need to do. So first you got to identify your threats. So in your business, you need to write down I, identify your threats. What are all the potential threats in your business that you don't feel competent on? So if a client quits, how are you going to react to it? If an employee quits, how are you going to respond to it? If you get in a car accident, how are you going to sustain your business? What are all the potential threats? For me, it, like, and you can all, for me and my business, and you can think of it as like the biggest problems. What are the biggest problems that your clients may face as well in your business? But I call the biggest problems, the threats. So for me, my biggest problems for my clients, when I teach them, is going to be their programs, their offers, their deliverables, their traffic and sales. They struggle on getting all those different things. And those are the five key things that I believe that they need to really perfect to become uh, entrepreneurs, to really strengthen their business and build their online empire. Um, but you have to have a system every single way. So that's how I help my clients so that they, that they are able to respond appropriately when it comes to growing their business. But for me, I have to be prepared if I have a client that quits, if I have a coach that quits, or if I have to walk away because one of my kids gets sick, or if we want to go on vacation, or you know anything you can imagine, I have to prepare for anything and everything. Is my programs in place? Do I have a strong offer? What's my marketing? How am I getting leads? All these different things. I got to make sure it's that. And if a client wants to quit, how am I going to respond to it? So that becomes the C, creating that plan. After you identify your threats, now you got to create your plan of how you're going to respond when those threats actually come, when you get ambushed, when something comes of a surprise, and you need to have that plan of knowing how to react to it and prepare for it. So create that training plan, create that the systems so that way you have a system in place for every little thing that could possibly come your way and then execute that mission. So identify the threats, create your plan and then execute that mission of whatever that, that may be. And it's no different in the military. We, before, we went to, before we went to Iraq or before we hit, uh, you know, went to combat, we had to figure out what are the, all the potential threats that may come our way. Then we had to create the plan, the training to prepare us for those potential threats. And then we executed the mission of actually getting out there in the field and going to boots on the ground in Iraq. So that's something that when it comes to the warrior mindset, you always have to think ahead. You always got to think about what if the, or when this happens, not what if, but when this happens, how am I going to be able to respond to it? So there, and this, this scenario can happen a million different ways in every single business. But the biggest yeah, thing is yeah. people have a fear, like here's a threat. You work in two different jobs. You're building your business. So you have another job that you, your thing is your security. If you lost that job, 
how are you going to respond to it? That's deep. I mean, you really got to understand where's your security? Where's your hope? So you, you really have to understand of like, I had to think about a threat was, okay, if I lost this job, will I be able to support my family on this? And I have to think about this all the time. What if I lost so many clients and wasn't bringing in the money with my, with Creek Consulting or be able to support my family? What's going to be my next step? I had to be always be another page ahead, but I identify what those threats are so that it's not a surprise. So that way I am prepared for it. So when something happens, I can react without having to think. And so that's, where, that's where the power comes. I'm still losing it on the story. That was just incredible. And maybe to at a chance to overuse the word intense, but just how, how you came through in that situation in Iraq and, and were able to, you know, even through the pain of this day, like you said, you, you still have to this day problems, ear problems, shoulder issues and everything like that. But what you've actually been able to lean, learn from this whole thing that's made you the man who you are and this character that's been developed and being able to now look at that and bring all your life experiences into this business to help you understand the, the things that make for success in business. Like you said, with just identifying the problems and creating a, a plan and being able to execute strongly on that. I think that's so powerful that our audience, we all can take away a huge thing to be able to just go back and listen to this or watch it over and over again, whatever you're doing to just hear that again and just use that and implement that in your life and be able to actually take away the results um, with that. I just, it's incredible. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, but it's a, it's a little bit deeper than just that. I mean, we talked about for your, for everyone, your audience listening to this and think, and you, you said a key word, but if you, if anyone wants success in life, there's, I, I'm a firm believer. There's two main things that you need to have in your business. And uh, I, know, I know before this call, you make, you mentioned something about like the next generation, and it's going to be my same answer for both of them. Uh, but the biggest thing is, first off, you have to understand what is your purpose and your mission of what you're doing. And the second thing that you need to really understand is what do you want your identity to be? Because if you don't have, if you don't know your identity and you don't have a mission or a purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, you're just going to keep going through the daily motions and you're never going to be able to light that fire to really explode it. So I don't care if you're selling a pen or if you're actually selling consulting or coaching services or whatever you do, there has to be a reason or purpose of why you're doing it. There has to be a mission, something bigger and deeper that brings you to this place of why you're doing it. So if you're selling a pen, maybe your goal and your mission in life and the purpose is to make, give people the experience to be able to write uh, you know, stories with it that creates whatever. You know, that needs to be a purpose and uh, for what you do to make the impact. So whatever you choose to do in business or in life, you need to make sure is what is your identity that you want people to see you as, but what is your purpose and your mission? If you don't know that, you might as well just stop being an entrepreneur today because you got to figure that out first before you start taking the next steps. And when it comes to like how I walked away from it, and if you want some goosebumps, and I know this kind of takes you, takes us a little bit, um, you know, off track a little bit, but when I got Go back from it, man. yeah, when I got back from boot camp or not boot camp, when I got back from Iraq, I didn't know this, this happened until afterwards. And it was a conversation I had with my mother. And uh, one thing that I memorized when I was in Iraq was uh, scripture, Psalm 91, you know, and the one part of it saying a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 right, right hand, but it shall not come near, but won't, you won't be touched. And of course, there's, it's a lot longer, but that's one small part of the verse itself. When I got back, I was the closest person to this blast. And I, and 
and yet I'm still able to, to stand here today to share the story. And it took me, I didn't even start sharing my story in fully until probably about a year or maybe 18 months ago. Cause I had a lot of fear to share it. I didn't think I was worthy enough to share it. And you, you know, we're both part of Nicholas Bailey's with the B2B club. And he talks about your message, your message. And when I started opening it up about it, I started becoming like a huge weight off my shoulders and being able to share it. And, and opportunities started to flow, but not opportunities that were edifying me, but opportunities to inspire other people to be able to open up for their stories and what they're doing. And, and, but also be able to tell the story of, you know, honoring the Marines and sailors or people that, that sacrificed so much for our country. But, you know, I, so every day, I, every day that I, 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 I sat in a Humvee, usually I was the driver. Every day I sat, sat in a Humvee, every day I put boots on the ground, I was having to patrol through a city or had to go anywhere. Or when I woke up out of the, out of my rack, I would, I would pray Psalm 91 over me. And I would say it over and over again. And I remember clear as day, getting in that Humvee, driving down to that checkpoint to meet that chaplain where, where he was at and, and praying that verse. And just something felt off, like completely. I was like, man, this just doesn't feel right the whole time. And I'm like feeling really nervous. I'm, I actually had point in my stomach where I was nauseous, where I wanted to throw up. And I was like, why am I feeling so sick? And I didn't really know. And I was standing in the middle of this checkpoint talking to another Marine and, and uh, his name was David Emery for about 30 minutes or whatnot. And we were standing in the middle of the checkpoint where there was an opening that we could see people going in both directions. So we were kind of watching them, but I was more just there uh, hanging out with him, getting to know him and just kind of checking in on him. And I had this audible sound. It was like, hey, JR, you need to move to the point where I felt sick. It's like, hey, JR, I want you to walk around this corner and go see the chaplain. Well, me and the sergeant, I, I end up going, responding, and I end up walking. The sergeant major ended up walking right by me. I gave him a greeting. He's like, hey, sergeant major. He looks down at me, RP. And right when we crossed paths is when that blast happened. Well, my sergeant major ended up dying. He was standing exactly where I was at next to Corporal, uh, Sergeant Emery. Sergeant Emery, Emery ended up losing both of his legs. He's still alive today, but he lost both of his legs, has uh, many other injuries and, and other things going on. But here's the part that's going to give you goosebumps. If that didn't give you goosebumps, this part will. When I came back from combat and I was having a conversation with my mom, she was asking me, saying, hey, did something happen around this date, around this time? And I said, yeah. Um, and we kind of went, I didn't go through all the details, but she was saying she was at church and there was a guest speaker and the guest speaker was praying over and saying, hey, does your is your son or do you have a child that's over in, a, in combat right now? She said, yeah, well, he was pretty much telling her saying, hey, something bad's getting ready to happen, but you need to not worry because he's going to be surrounded by a thousand angels and he will not be touched. I didn't have one speck of blood on my vest, on my clothes, anywhere. My chaplain had body parts of other people on his clothes, but I was not touched with anything other than the impact and feeling the impact of the blast, I was completely surrounded and protected from that experience and from that event. And that, that's what really changed my life and where I'm at today. And knowing that God has a much bigger, bigger purpose for me. And I'm, and I'm here to, to serve and to make a bigger impact in other people. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Like there's no doubt. There's just, you can't get around the miracle that God's hand was upon you. And like, like the person said to your mom, that there's angels that are surrounding you. That's wow. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. So every day I'm still trying to figure out what is my purpose that God has for me? What is the impact that I, I want to make? And I'm just always thinking about the next step. Like, okay, if this happens, what's going, what's next? And I think about ice. Okay. If I'm going to start, if I, if I'm going to do something, what are the threats that could come my way? And I make sure I'm always planning ahead. And that's taking that warrior mindset. That's taking that, that mindset of always thinking ahead and not being able to respond off a reaction, but being, being able to be, be able to respond and think in the head so that way you're able to to uh respond appropriately versus just going off reaction 
So being proactive versus reactive is kind of like where I'm going with it. This is so rich. Yeah. I wish we had more time to go into more into that. It's amazing. Like what you've been sharing here and so many nuggets. I'm definitely going back myself to rewatch this over and over again. But I did want to let our, our listeners and viewers like to understand how can they actually get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing, your vision, just some of the services that you're doing. How can they find you? Yeah, so what, what I'm currently doing right now is I'm uh, helping coaches and consultants build, acquire and build high-quality leads online and ultimately give them a business in a box and building their online business. So I don't care what type of business you have. We are in a day and age, especially with COVID and the pandemic, is there's something that we can all do, something online that can make a bigger impact to help other people. So for me, if you're a coach or you're a consultant of any kind, a fitness coach, a business coach, if you're an author, if you're a book, or you just have an idea that you're wanting to figure out how can I do this, get my, get my vision or my dream online and really build a business, those are the type of people that I really want to help. And the best place to reach me, honestly, is to through Facebook. Look me up at J.R. Spear, and my last name is spelled S-P-E-A-R, or shoot me a text message to my personal cell phone and just put hashtag Daily Creed, D-A-I-L-Y, and then C-R-E-E-D, no spaces. So hashtag Daily Creed to 540-701-7332. Again, that's 540-701-7332. And once you put that Daily Creed in there, I'll know exactly uh, who you are and, and you know, you know, we can start making contact right there and I'll, I'll love the opportunity to be able to serve you. Yeah, and JR, we're definitely going to make sure that we put all that information there in the show notes so people can yeah. see it on wherever they're going to listen or watch this too. One thing that we always like to do before we end it, I know you kind of already alluded to some of it, but we always like to just have our, our guests just share a little bit of, of inspiration to the next generation. If there is one thing that's just burning your heart for the next generation, what would you want to say to them? Yeah, understand what your identity, what you want it to be. And there's two different identities that you can, that you can ultimately have. And I learned this from Yost Jansen, a Navy SEAL. And he said, you can either have an earned identity or you can have an identity that you choose. But choose the identity that you want to have first so that way you can start creating a plan to be able to get there and understand what your purpose is of where you want to go. So you got to know that destination of where you want to go. And then once you figure out what that destination is, what you want your identity is and what you want your purpose to be, then create that plan to be able to get there. And don't let anyone stop you from saying you can't do something because we all have some sort of gift. I don't care if it's basket weaving where we can make an impact and help someone do so figure out what that purpose is, know what your destination is and create that plan that's going to help you get there and then execute it and take action. Thank you so much, Yara. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for listening to the Seven Mountains Influencers Show. If you want to stay connected, make sure to jump into our Facebook group called Seven Mountains Influencers, where we'll be interacting on a regular basis. We'll have a link in the show notes to make sure you don't miss any of the action. Look forward to hearing from you.